0: Welcome to Round Book Pod, Inclusive of Yours. This is your host, Anna, and I'm here with Jackie Lau. Hi. (laughs) Welcome to the podcast. Uh, We're here to talk about romance, and we're talking about foodie romance in particular, which made our group immediately jump to Jackie's Mm -hmm. books. So, Jackie, now I know you didn't start out writing foodie romance, but how did you end up writing so much food into your books?
1: It just sort of happened. Um, So I used to write under another pen name and looking Mm -hmm. back, um, I don't think there was really that much food in those books. I mean, occasionally, but not too much. And when I started this new pen name, not so much with Grumpy Fake Boyfriend, but with a Mr. Hotshot CEO, there was just, you know, a lot of food and wandering around Toronto and trying new things. (laughs) Uh, And that wasn't something that like I was really, you know, consciously thinking about, but it was something that people started talking about in my books. And so then I started doing it, I guess, more consciously uh, when I was thinking of the characters and the sort of uh, books I would write. Um, right.
0: Yeah. So, I mean, most of your like all of your books, right, are set in Toronto or in the surrounding area. Yeah. Right? So
1: some of them are of, not so much in Toronto, but in the uh, like I, I have some fictional small towns that I write mm-hmm. in as well. Yeah.
0: So that's a real part of like getting to know your community, right? Going out to eat, going to places as much if we are at home right now, unable yeah. to visit our favorite places.
1: Yeah. So like just me, like I love going out. I've lived in Toronto basically my whole life and I, I love going out and having different food. So it's just sort of me writing about like, you know, the way I live my life in the city. And Toronto is a, a pretty big, diverse city. So there's mm-hmm. so much different food that you can try.
0: My husband's Canadian and her father lived in Toronto for a decade. And that was one of our highlights when we would go up was yeah. to just like, they're on the corner There was just everything middle eastern different varieties of chinese food um all that and it wasn't just your like here's your italian pizza shop <laughs>
1: yeah so. yeah yeah for sure um and my my husband's from a small town actually and when we started dating uh, we were in university and he had basically not really gone out for food much at all mm-hmm. um so there was like the first few I guess the first year or two when we were in Toronto together was a lot of, like, us trying all these sorts of things that he'd never tried before. Um, so that's, like, sort of how food is was sort of a part of our relationship as
0: well. Right. So, so that's, a, that's sort of, like, a, a crucial element in often relationship building, right? Sharing yeah. something, experiences. Yeah. You know. I mean, yeah, because going now, out
1: for dinner is, like, a lot of, sort of a standard, uh, you know, a date that people do early on, so. Yeah.
0: So, yeah, you mentioned that you didn't start out your new pen name to be a food-centric kind of pen name. No. I and mean, I don't think books are, are food-centric yet, but they feature food often and it's promotions and all that kind of stuff. And you do a lot of research for them. Now, why do you think people connected so much to the food in... Um, oh,
1: Mr. Hotshot, C- Mr. hotshot CEO.
0: There we go. I, was like, CEO, <laughs> hot I was like CEO hotshot. like, I'm
1: not really... You know, I'm not really sure other than like I've said, yeah, like just uh, like food and writing about uh, characters who are visible minorities, too. Like um, mm-hmm. for a lot of uh, new immigrants, you know, working in sort of uh, food businesses is, a, is something that's a fairly common job among immigrants. Um, like my grandfather worked as a chef when he came at, okay. at like a Chinese buffet. Like he was responsible. I put this in one of my books. Like he was like responsible for the um, like Canadian food at a Chinese buffet. Mm-hmm. Okay. So like he, he taught my mom to make like apple pie and stuff like that. <laughs> um. So like it that's so there's that aspect of it of it as well. Um. But just I don't know I like food. Lots of people like food and it's it's something that like you see people share a lot of on social media like especially in a place like Instagram and stuff
0: like yeah, that. Yeah, I was gonna so, say it's just a natural Instagram connection, right? Fatty. Yeah, yeah. And,
1: and also just living in a big city like it's disappointing if I read a book set in New York and there's not that much about the food because like that's why I like going to New York right
0: <laughs> absolutely
1: um, <laughs> so in certain settings especially I, I, I enjoy when there's um, you know just trying lots of different things
0: mm-hmm. so, like, mm-hmm. yeah. yeah so what was your favorite book to research like I know you're a donut fan and you had a lot yeah. of the, I mean, that start as research
1: so the, the donut me going to the so I mainly go to one donut shop or went to before the pandemic mm-hmm. um, and the reason I started going there was basically because it was close by and because mm-hmm. they have a really nice upstairs that's good for writing <laughs> okay um, where there's usually no one there so that was really why I started going to the donut shop and taking pictures of donuts actually <laughs> um, I honestly if I didn't live near it you probably I probably wouldn't be looking for donuts around the city that much and so I guess I haven't I do have donuts in a couple of my books but like the book that I so sold to Berkeley is like mm-hmm. about a woman who has a bakery and like donuts right. her specialties so uh, like specifically for that book like I took like a donut class at this bakery which fortunately I managed to do before the pandemic Wow. <laughs> so that was interesting because um, most of the like When I do food research it's mainly just me looking at menus online or like Mm -hmm. going out to eat places but like I took the donut making class because that book features more like actual baking than
0: Right because that's such a thing in romance right we have all these cupcake baking heroines who are never dusty uh, with any flour because and somehow have time to go out late at night when their bakery is open in the morning
1: yeah um, so like I have written a book to like the ultimate pie day party, the heroine mm-hmm. owns a pie shop, and like I talked to the um owners of this the do they do they don't do just donuts, they do other mm-hmm. stuff too, and i I did talk to them briefly and like went to the kitchen and stuff and sort of asked them about running a bakery, and yeah, they're really morning things um, <laughs> so which would not be for me so <laughs> Those are the main things I've done for research outside of sort of the usual, just eating food and looking stuff up on the Internet. Mm-hmm. Um,
0: <laughs> so, yeah. So, so do you have a place you're dying to go uh, now, hopefully when we get to a post-pandemic 2021? Oh, my
1: God. Like, I haven't really started thinking about it yet. <laughs>
0: <laughs>
1: because I know like, you're our... having
0: spikes and I'm having spikes. So I know it feels very far away. Yeah, yeah.
1: we, we are at our worst right now and uh yeah i haven't really thought of like i keep thinking oh like i should try this when you know yeah what was i thinking of lately so the book i'm writing now like i was like oh there won't be quite as much food as usual in this book because um they're like next-door neighbors in a condo so they're mainly just going over to each other's places but now there's just like so much takeout in the book (laughs) 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 but um like one of the one of the and they, they keep trying these different desserts. So, like, um, they have... Mm-hmm. He gets her, like, an ube cake for her birthday. And I've never actually had that before. And then they have these uh, cheese tarts, like, what you would get at... Like, they sell them at um, the Japanese bakeries here, along with... I usually just get Japanese cheesecake, but they, they sell the, the mm-hmm. cheese tarts here, too. So I would like to try that. but And uh, hopefully, before the book is published, I will get to do that. But I'm not sure. I mean, I could probably go and buy one and then, like they're often served warm and then heated mm-hmm. up at home. So I could do that, right? Uh, but I haven't really uh, looked into doing that yet. So yeah. But that's
0: a preview for a future book. When are those yeah. coming out? Um, so the one I'm writing now,
1: hopefully will be out in April. Um, okay. Yeah, uh, I'm Very not sure. Cool. And the, the Berkeley book is currently scheduled for November uh, of 2021.
0: Yeah, that's the wild thing, right? For you to be a hybrid author, you have a much quicker turnaround for your indie books, and then trad books seem yeah. to go y- a much yeah. slower pace.
1: Yeah, because like I've submitted the trad book to the editor, um, and I just started the first draft of the book, or not just, I'm, I'm halfway through mm-hmm. the first draft of the book that I hope to publish in April, so those are very different timelines, Yeah, yeah.
0: No, that that's one of the things that I, I really appreciate following you for is like the reality of like indie publishing and, you know, the trials and tribulations of finding cover art and also just, but that's allowed you a lot of control, right? So yeah. you've been able to meet the market where it needs to be, follow where people are finding you.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I definitely, um like I, at one point, even maybe I guess four years ago I said I, like I would never in I would never self-publish, um, and then for various reasons I mm-hmm. started doing it under a new pen name, and I am really glad that I did. And like at the same like in some cases like because you're the final decision maker, it's sort mm-hmm. of like a lot of pressure that you're, you know, the final say on everything. You're the one coordinating everything.
0: Right. You can't like run away from it if it's no. like, oh, I didn't go forward. Yeah,
1: it just won't happen. Right. Um, now, right. certainly some things are like the first time you do it is like I have to set up accounts at all the different sites and like format books. So definitely some things like are much easier once I've done them a couple times. But still, like I'm the one who has to, like, you know, organize a schedule and um, arrange the cover and all that sort of thing. Yeah. So if I don't do it, it's not going to get done.
0: Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Yeah. It's not like you can say, well, the publicist hasn't gotten to it yet. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> now let's talk about. I guess before we move on, I want to. Say, is there anything uh, else you want to talk about your books? I mean, like we can talk about the representation in your books because that's something I really appreciate is like the diversity of the, the Chinese Canadian experience. Yeah. You know, like, let's talk about that. Tell me more about, like, um, how your characters have grown and cr- been created by you, what you look to represent and present to an audience. So, like,
1: unlike the food aspects so of del- mm-hmm. Deliberately Under This Pen Name, it was basically, like, I thought at least one of the main characters would be Chinese-Canadian mm-hmm. in each book, and I don't plan on changing that. So my family is... Uh, so. My dad's white and my mom uh, was Asian, and her. Mm-hmm. my grandparents came um, from China in the 50s. Okay. Um, so that's my family history. Um, and so some of my characters have a sort of similar history to that. Um,
0: mm-hmm. So
1: the area where my family's from is sort of where a lot of early Chinese immigrants are from. Mm-hmm. Sort of pre-1960 or 70, uh, a lot of the immigrants are from this small-ish area. Um, and so some of my characters have a similar background to me, like that. A lot of them um, are actually from Hong Kong, whose parents mm-hmm. came here in the 70s or 80s, because I, those were what a uh, background of a lot of my friends growing up. Right. Um, and uh, there, there was yeah. So, so I knew very few people actually with backgrounds similar to me, and people were mm-hmm. always very surprised my mom was born in Canada. Right. Um, not like white people. I mean like. Chinese people were very surprised. Not right, because it
0: was later moves that you know, especially after like the uh, Hong Kong being returned to China. Yeah, a lot of so so
1: there is a huge wave of Hong Kong immigrants, but also like um, our immigration laws here are slightly different mm-hmm. from what happened in the U.S. But both, uh, I believe, had fairly racist immigration laws till mm-hmm. the late 60s. Mm-hmm. So uh, we both had exclusion. And, yeah. Canada had a head tax, which I don't think the U.S. ever had, where you had to like pay 500 bucks to immigrate here if you were Chinese Mm. Um, and so because of that uh, like it's certain like in the early 1900s the Chinese community was like 95% male sending money back to China and so yeah it was sort of it was difficult um, to stay here uh, and to Mm -hmm. bring your family here before Mm -hmm. the late 60s um, even when they listed the Exclusion Act in the 40s so I guess because of that, I didn't know a ton of people with a background similar to mine. I think it also is more common out west, um, mm-hmm. but just in the area where I grew up, like there are uh, a lot, a lot of immigrants from Hong Kong, some from Taiwan, and so that's also um, where a lot of my characters were from. Also, because the area my family's from is pretty close to Hong Kong, so mm-hmm. uh, culturally, like it's pretty similar. Like China's pretty big, so some parts, yeah. in some parts of China, like the food is quite different than than it, than it would be in Hong Kong, say. So those are the main two sort of types of characters mm-hmm. with Chinese backgrounds I write, with uh, I think one or two exceptions. But those two to me feel very le- much like, sort of like my background. Mm-hmm. Um, whereas if I write sort of outside of that, and also if I if I wrote characters that came to Canada at a later age, right. it would feel very different from my experience because I grew up here, my mom grew up here. Mm-hmm. I've never been to Asia. Um, I don't speak the language. I, like, right. I, you know, I know a few words. I can read a few words, but, like, I don't really speak the language.
0: Um, right. I, I mean, and that's always a tension, right? Because sometimes people expect you to respond in a particular way or have some particular knowledge, and that's not you. You're yeah Canadian-born and raised.
1: Yeah, so there's... I have sort of very specific ideas of what sort of I see as, like, oh, how own voices relates to me, and... Um, Sort of what's close to my experience and what's really far away from my experience, mm-hmm. even though mm-hmm. some other people might not see it that way. Yeah. Um, but like someone, for example, who is my age, who came, I don't know, to Canada as a teenager or something like in the early 2000s, like the China they left would be so different from the China my grandparents left. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And and just that whole, it would just be very different to write that kind of characters. So. I focus more on characters whose backgrounds are sort of closer to my own, not necessarily mm-hmm. exactly my own, but closer that I know more people of.
0: Right, right. Yeah. I mean, that, that's so interesting. I mean, the immigrant experience and how generationally it can be so completely different. Uh, my husband grew up in Canada, born in the U.S., but to Dutch immigrant parents. And they came in the 50s. And, you know, the Canada they grew up in and came in and the Netherlands they left is completely different yeah. Both my husband's experience so he could never like pretend to write an own voices Dutch immigrant story because that's not his experience he was a Dutch Canadian kid you know and I hear you because I I am very hesitant to beta read any kind of Puerto Rican experience that isn't similar to mine because that New weekend's experience is going to be very different than a kid raised on the island. Like I was in my time period because it's changed too. So, yeah.
1: Yeah. And like I said, like, so so the language that my mom, my family speaks is not a language you hear in Chinatown here anymore. Mm -hmm. Um, Like my grandma speaks Cantonese too. It's similar to Cantonese, but it's sort of a language that people say, I I tell people and they're like, Oh yeah. Like to them, it's something that old people think speak Hmm. Um, because like, the earlier immigrants to Canada, uh, you know, they, uh, Toi-Sanese that used was to the be, right. toisanese used to be the language of Chinatown, like, back hmm. in the day, um, but it isn't anymore. And even if I wanted to take classes, there are no classes. I highly doubt it. And, you know, there's no business usage. <laughs> <laughs> like, Cantonese and Mandarin c- could be useful for business, but toisanese is, like, anyone yeah, who spoke be- toisanese would speak Cantonese, so... Or it probably Mandarin too. In this, at this point, hmm. so yeah, and, and so the sort of my mom's experience as being the child of an immigrant is very different from my friend's experience as being the child of an immigrant mm-hmm. because she grew up um, like in the '60s, and uh, you know there wasn't where when I was growing up there were huge like Chinese plazas and malls in the suburbs and mm-hmm. huge, not my immediate area but sort of you know, Accessible. Nearby, nearby, yeah, mm-hmm. like, there, there was just a huge, huge Chinese community, and she, she didn't have that growing up at all, and she, she also didn't grow up, uh, she grew up near Toronto, but not in Toronto, so just, and, and like, I don't think, like, sort of, you know, the Saturday Chinese school was really a thing back then, mm-hmm. um, whereas, you know, that's sort of a very common experience for uh, children of immigrants my age, mm-hmm. um, was the sort of the saturday saturday morning chinese or we actually went friday evening uh we didn't go very long though because everyone else spoke the language at home right <laughs> so when the teacher spoke we had no idea what was going on but because of that like i like can write some words but i really can't speak it at all um so just the the change in canada was different from like when my mom was growing up to when mm-hmm. i was
0: growing up mm-hmm. Yeah, just, I mean, just uh, because of the different waves and what they bring and what they could bring, yeah. Yeah, Yeah, no, I I really respect what you're trying to do and and just being able to show that how many more different stories they can be. Um, Yeah. Because so much of the time, our stories get told a particular way, right? Yeah. And, And basically, like, no, we can be in all sorts of stories. Yeah. So let's transition to talking about some of the recs that we brought today. I looked over some of your lists and I was like, yep, yep, (laughs) yep. (laughs) Yeah,
1: it's good you asked me beforehand because when someone asks me for recs on the spot, I'm just like, well, I've just forgotten everything I ever read, right? Oh,
0: no, I I tell (laughs) you, I run from book love and it's terrible when other people are suggesting ideas. I'm like, oh, (laughs) don't remember a single book. Thank you. I have never read a book in my life. Yeah. So, no, I'm glad that you came prepared. So let's talk about some, like, what do you look for when you read romance that has food? So, I mean, so my books
1: themselves, like, I don't have a lot of people who actually work in the food food industry.
0: Mm-hmm. And in
1: in the books that, like, I wrecked here, about half of them do have uh, someone who's a, a chef or uh, similar. But um, right, I so,
0: think that's almost very common. Like, when we do talk about foodie romances, a lot of yeah. them. Do feature a chef or a baker or something
1: yeah yeah and um it's not something i write a ton of partly because i don't have uh, experience working in the food mm-hmm. industry and well i per well, like it's not something i personally would want to do so i, mm-hmm. guess I have a bit of a bias there but I you do enjoy really eating, eating the food. food yeah i mainly enjoy eating like i don't mind cooking actually like hmm Out of all the like household chores I have to do, cooking is my favorite. But I'm not like an adventurous home cook or anything like that. I actually don't bake at all at home. So yeah, I do sometimes enjoy reading books about uh, chefs and people running restaurants and such. Um, Also because then they can cook for the other main character, and I really enjoy that.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So like, um, I saw on your list you had Sabrina Sol and i love you you had delicious satisfaction right yeah
1: so that was the third book in the series and that one was my favorite i think um mm-hmm. and the the uh, heroine is a is puerto rican and she's a chef at a restaurant in la i think it's a, a rather fancy trendy restaurant
0: right and she has a big grudge against uh like an ex who pretty much stole her all of her um, ideas, right, Oh, launches yeah. his, his place, because it starts with a big confrontation.
1: Yeah, you know, I forgot about that aspect. <laughs> <laughs> <Somehow>. <laughs> it yeah, it the hero. Yeah, but yes, yes. Yeah, so um, that's a
0: huge part, you know, like your voice, your food, your, yeah. your identity, and basically still finding your place in an industry when uh, somebody else has taken all your best stuff.
1: Yeah. Yeah, it would be like um, someone stealing all my ideas, I guess. For, <laughs> <right>? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, so yeah, that was that's one I really liked, where the the heroine was a chef. Um,
0: yeah, I like uh, Delicious Temptation, the first one in that series, a lot. That was the the,
1: the, the bakery one, right?
0: Yeah, the Mexican American yeah. uh, bakery, and she's running it with her parents, and yeah. uh, you know, she's the good girl who. Um, is having a hard time getting her parents to understand that she has things that she can provide.
1: Like yeah. traditional
0: is great, but different is good too. And, uh, you know, I love the, 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 meeting moment there where our, it's, that's a sort of bad girl, good guy. I mean, good girl, uh, uh, troublesome guy kind of set up. Right. Yeah. And, and, uh, he recognizes that he knows her from when she was little, but he hardly remembers her, you know. Yeah, because so. he, he's her.
1: She has a twin brother, and he's mm-hmm. his his friend, right? Or yeah, it's he worth was his friend. Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. For things went wrong. So yeah, Sabrina sold us a lot of that. Yeah, second immigrant, second generation tensions of culture, and like we're from here, and there's different expectations. Um, but then there's also like, no, we expect you to be this kind of person. Yeah, um, yeah. Plus, yeah. the poor books make me so hungry. It makes yeah. you want <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> yeah, same. Yeah. So, going from that, is there another book that you would love to mention uh, oh. that made you hungry reading, or?
1: Um, so, the another one with is one also as a heroine as a, a chef is the coincidence mm-hmm. of coconut cake, um, which came out a few years ago um, by Amy Reichert. Okay. And I love this one because so it's set in Milwaukee, I believe, Wisconsin, Milwaukee, yeah. And so Mm -hmm. she's a chef, and he's a food reviewer who basically goes to a restaurant on the worst night and uh, tears it apart in a review. And and so it's sort of in a way, I guess, the reverse of the You have Got Mail Mm -hmm. situation, where they know each other in real life and really like each other, Mm -hmm. and but she hates. The person who wrote this review which he writes under a pseudonym i believe uh, uh, so it's sort of the reverse of that and he's british and he's new to milwaukee so a lot of it is like her taking him around and like introducing him to different food and stuff like that um which i really enjoy and it's in a city that i don't read about very much
0: uh, yeah milwaukee or wisconsin altogether doesn't get a lot of play in romance a yeah lot of the, the middle places the country does.
1: Yeah. yeah. And then there's also, so truly by Ruthie Knox is sort of mm-hmm. a similar idea where I think in that case she's actually from Wisconsin, and, mm-hmm. but she's in New York and he's showing her around New York and he's a former chef beekeeper. and beekeeper. So, a very uh, angry
0: former chef. Yes,
1: yes. <laughs> yes. And so I guess I like that because, like I said, when I go to New York, I really like the food. Mm-hmm. Um, so mm-hmm. I like. And so many books set in New York, that's not actually a big part of the story. So I I like that it was a big part of uh, that story, um, him sort of getting her to love New York. uh, Yeah, and I... I
0: and I mean I love that they meet like at a cheese head bar because she's Yes. Uh, yes. Just like her quarterback boyfriend. And, yes. Um yeah, there's but lots of beer trip work, yeah. <laughs> yes, yeah. yes. Oh, I miss Ruthie. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So
1: I really uh yeah, I, I did really like that one. Um and I can't I can't remember the beekeeping aspects of it that much, but I think he
0: Oh, well, that's one of the things of... like that's where like he used to be a chef and now he's helping out somebody else and he has kives all over the different roofs of Brooklyn. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I remember that being like the rooftop gardens. Yeah. Mm
0: -hmm. And so he, he would take her up there and there was that. Yeah.
1: And then another book um, is a short suit by uh, Colleen Kwan. So I think it was published by Harlequin Escape. Okay. Um, And so it's set, I guess, in a small town in Australia, and the hero and heroine are both uh, Chinese-Australian um, and their families. I don't know if they're the only Chinese families in town, but they ran the Chinese restaurant together. Mm-hmm. Um, and she's she was previously married, and she's come back to the small town, and he's taking over the restaurant. And, uh, yeah, I just, I guess, at the time I read that book, because it came out in 2012, um, and I read it a few years later, I think it was the only book with a only contemporary I'd ever read with two Chinese uh, main characters.
0: Oh, wow. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, like, I mean, I, I can understand that feeling because yeah. it was often trying to find one with a Latino character, right? It's yeah. Like- here mentioned too with but you know i know that feeling of like often it's a white character and a character of color i know yeah. that dan who we, yeah, records for us is often bothered by that that there's often that a loudness of being yeah. to people of color even sharing a background
1: yeah so I, I think the idea is that the interracial relationship with a white person is like supposed to be more relatable i <laughs> clearly relatable to the way uh, to the to <laughs> The white readers? I, I don't yeah. know. Um, yeah. So this is a book that like I never heard that much about um, but I think I saw a review on Dear Author a long time ago and yeah like just sort of you know the running the Chinese restaurant together as I mentioned like it's sort of a common job that people have mm-hmm. um, like my grandfather when they're new immigrants um, and I, I really like the family dynamics in that one too like it was sort of familiar to me um, yeah.
0: Yeah, uh, when you mentioned that, the the family dynamics, I think about how that plays out in so many books through food. Um, yeah. And like on my list, I had uh, Alicia Rice, um, We're On To Need You, where, yeah, that's, um, that's the second book. Yeah, in that I'm period. terrible at names, but yes,
1: with Sadia and,
0: uh, and Jackson. Yeah. yeah,
1: yeah, I really like that one too.
0: Yeah, and I mean, I mean, like he doesn't say a whole lot, but he says it through like what he makes for her and that the quiet times they have in the kitchen. Yeah, I love yeah.
1: that. Yeah, that's true. I, I don't know why I totally forgot about that one as a foodie romance. Yeah, because he, he he re- does, like, pop-up right, um, he does like pop up restaurants. Yeah.
0: Right, he does pop up restaurants, and it's like uh, moonlighting in her diner. Yeah, she, yeah. She used on she used on with her with his brother his. Her ex. Yes. Um, yeah, that's probably the for me the, the sexiest grilled cheese at Bobby Reed. <laughs>
1: <laughs> and um, so then another another one I liked is uh, the Duke Who Did, which came out recently by Courtney Milan. Oh, it's and, on my
0: TBR. Yeah. So so, so
1: there, huh? um, well her the heroine's father is like making his own sauce, and okay. that's a big part of the book is like them getting them you know, the sauce bottled and marketed, and he he also works as a chef. And he's... um, So her mother died when she was very young. So it's just her Mm -hmm. and her dad, and he sort of shows a lot of his, like, you know, the way he cares for her food. That he's always making sure she eats and stuff like that, which... I mean, which is sort of something I put in my books, too, with always having, like, families showing up with, like, bags of groceries (laughs) you don't need and stuff like that, right? Um, (laughs) So... I really like that and also appreciate that it was the father who was the the one who is um
0: the caring caretaker the, kind of the
1: caretaker yeah
0: mm-hmm. yeah yeah because sometimes that's sometimes we get very I don't know sort of gendered uh positions right for like the mom is the one who's bringing out the casseroles when often dads can do that too right they can be they can love through food too
1: yeah um so like like in my family like like, my, mom, my dad cooked as much as my mom growing up, but, like, my dad never – my mom's been dead 10 years. My dad mm-hmm. never, like, makes food for me. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like, when we, we occasionally – like, I haven't seen him in a while, but, like, he'll, like, do barbecue stuff or whatever if we right. go over for dinner. Um, But he's not like, oh, I will make sure that I, you know, buy this and that for you mm-hmm. or make this. Yeah. So he doesn't – that's not, like, part of his, like – showing how he cares as a parent which is fine um, but I, I, it was definitely weird for me growing up when people would be surprised that my dad cooked because um, mm-hmm. like to me it was just sort of the way it was like my, I right. have two parents and they both cook um, mm-hmm. yeah And but I, I think that sort of gendered stereotype is also why I really like it when heroes cook for the heroine mm-hmm. probably more than I like it when the heroine cooks <laughs> for the hero. Um, also because like my husband's not a great cook, like he cooks, um, mm-hmm. but like I make most of our dinners. So, and like I said, so cooking,
0: a, I, I, I love fantasy, right? <laughs> yeah,
1: exactly. So it's like this sort of like small fantasy for me to like have the hero cook a really nice meal or bake something for the heroine because like it's not really something I get. <laughs> and like I said, I don't mind cooking, but still, it's really nice when someone cooks for you. Um,
0: yeah, absolutely. Absolutely.
1: Yeah. And then. The next book was uh, Mia Sosa's The Worst Best Man. And uh, so so she's Brazilian-American, mm-hmm. and her family runs, I think, a grocery store, a cafe. Uh, mm-hmm. But there's just, like, lots of food in the book. Um, right, because... Not I go really out- the food industry, but, yeah, they go out and to different restaurants. And also, I think there was, like, cake testing as well. <laughs> yes, um, yes. <laughs> yeah.
0: Um, yeah, I love that book. Partly, I got I had the privilege of working on it. I made okay. a read... For, for Mia and um it was delicious to read over her like prankish uh, pranks at dinner that they have that she has uh um, like she has she puts
1: like, like all the chili pepper on his food I think mm-hmm.
0: too yeah that's yep.
1: that actually a thing in the Duke who didn't too like the heroine's father keeps doing that to the hero's food <laughs> like <laughs>
0: Yeah, it's just a little insider-outsider test, right? Yeah, yeah. What do you know about this food? Um, So, yeah, I love that book. But I also really like uh, another book that she has food in, and it's Acting on Impulse. That's the first of her favorite Yeah, that's the one where they
1: they own a Puerto Rican restaurant. Yeah,
0: her mother and her sister. Yeah. Yeah. And there's tension about food because she hardly ever eats the food her mom makes because she's stressed that her dad... Yeah. Diet gonna yeah. hurt him. Yes, for dads. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So I thought that was a really. I remember when I first read the first version of the book, I was like, okay, let's talk about this, <laughs> because yeah, because it's like for so many Puerto Rican mothers, how, you know, like that's serious love, and to turn away a plate from your parent, that, yeah. that has to become a, that has to be a huge issue. can it had to have consequences. Yeah. Um, So, like, I've learned to never go to my mom having just eaten because I will eat again. That's just how it is.
1: (laughs) And then the Bollywood Affair by Sonali Dev. Um, Mm -hmm. Neither of them work in food, but there's just a a lot of Indian food. Like, I think there's a wedding and stuff too. So, there's Mm -hmm. um, just a lot of food in that. That was, uh, yeah, I really like that one as well. Because to me, like, romance, or sorry, food is a big part of like like family and also Mm -hmm. romance for me. So, Not that I think it like needs to be in all romance novels but just like it's just sort of the way I I sort of think about those things so um it's easy to incorporate
0: I think it's a like a a big part of pretty much everybody's family life either the absence of that that family food connection or the presence of it right yeah and and they both have consequences and uh, whether it is something that, you know, like it's a cause of angst or it can be a cause of angst either way. Right. Yeah. With whatever your history is. But it can, it's just a sort of a crucial family building element. Yes. Yeah. I wanted to share. Have you read Mia Hopkins? I read. Had,
1: mm-hmm. Yeah, I read Thirsty.
0: Yeah, uh, that one, you know, he he's really.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, thirsty is the one where he wants he's having the first one um
0: well yeah then... well he's learning you know like he's learning how to brew beer yes, yes. and all that but in threat trash the heroines are a chef and i really love that because again it was um at the time that i was reading it my daughter was starting to work in restaurants and the the Elements of being a dishwasher and the uh, the hierarchy in the kitchen and, you know, all the little taboos around levels seem very similar to the stories I was hearing. <laughs> okay.
1: Yeah, that one's on my TBR. I have a copy of it, but yeah, I haven't, haven't got around to reading it yet.
0: Yeah, no, it's, yeah, it's I, cool. They're... And there's also generational parent stuff around her cooking. That's yeah. that's really cool. Now um, another person who does a lot of food is Adana Herrera. And yes. Her American Dreamer with the food truck. But for, in her all her books food is present as a way of yeah. sort of like the, the connection between the friends and the lovers and
1: yeah. Yeah. Yeah I like the 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 running the food truck part. Yeah I like that part of the American
0: mm-hmm. Dreamer. Yeah. No I mean the, there's Food can have such an element of bonding and connection. Yeah. Um, and Ruby Lang has it in her books too. Uh,
1: yeah, like in the the last one, I think um, the heroine it, like works at a restaurant and pull she's she makes noodles. Yes. Yeah, yes.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And their career pulls them apart. Yeah. Because uh, she wanted to pursue you know culinary back, so she needed to go and learn and go places and yeah that was that was a good stressor in figuring out your the competitiveness of work and stuff like that no so like i mean we talked we've covered like the food as family love connection the 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 tensions of of uh career in, in in an industry and you know is there another element that we are missing or do you feel like we've covered everything that's sort of like food does you know uh in romance
1: well i guess the only thing is like food as a- actual seduction or part of a mm-hmm. sex scene <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah what was, well, was that nine and a half weeks was that the movie back in the day
1: oh i haven't or... seen it but <laughs>
0: <laughs> i know i get mentioned all the time i think i was too traumatized when i watched it i was a little too young
1: yeah like i think was it the sabrina Sol one where like he sprays whipped cream on his dick
0: I think it was, was yes I think yeah.
1: So. <laughs> yeah like in one of my books they had they talk about the like whole the advice from cosmo but where you uh, eat a donut off <laughs> <laughs> um, and uh there's been
0: donuts there's been what pineapple
1: <laughs> oh yeah there's the, like the grapefruit and they talk about that too but they, they uh-huh. don't actually do that <laughs> yeah
0: so, I mean, like, the, yeah, the, the the sexy time uh, eating yeah. versus, uh, I think, what we mostly focused on is, you know, like the cultural power, the emotional yeah, power. Yeah, yeah. Well, thank you for being willing to come okay. on and great. talking books and food. And now I'm eager to see where your donut making shows up <laughs> in your writing, not just yes. donut consuming. <laughs> yes. Yes, it was so, great to talk to you. Yeah. So, in our show notes uh, the Around Book Pod listeners, you'll find links to all the books that Jackie and I talked about and links to Jackie's books and including probably if there's a pre-order link to your books in the spring, we'll make sure that they get on in there because you're definitely I, mm-hmm.
1: I don't have any pre-order links to anything past okay. December. Okay.
0: <laughs> then we will make sure that your website is linked yes. to with anything. Uh, so because we want everyone to be able to follow you and follow your books. And uh, thank you for talking about food with me. We hope you enjoyed this episode of RomBook Pod, inclusively yours. If you'd like weekly recommendations on inclusive romance, please take a moment to subscribe. You can also follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and Pinterest at RomBookPod. That's R-O-M-B-K-P-O-D. Thank you for joining us. And until next time, happy reading.